Hi, this is Bill Hoppy, Buffalo Sabres beat reporter. I'm joined by Nick Sabato, Buffalo Bills beat reporter and Nagazette sports editor. And welcome to episode 20 of Buffalo Press Box. Nick, the Bills season is over, a 27-24 loss, a, a bitter 27-24 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs at Highmark Stadium in the divisional round of the AFC playoffs. Uh, the Bills had it, let it slip away. They led 24-20. Going into the fourth quarter, the Chiefs scored 40 seconds into the fourth quarter, and the Bills' final three possessions, fake punt, punt, and then Tyler Bass's missed field goal. Uh, Nick, you were there. I mean, how did they blow it? How did this happen? How did it all go down? Well, I mean, I, I, I think you, you when you look at the game plan, you could say oh, it was working perfectly until the end, but uh, it, it, I think it was very clear from the start. They wanted to hold the ball um, for as long as they could, um, keep the Chiefs off the field as much as they could. And, I mean, it worked for three quarters or two and a half quarters. Um, but the reality is, I mean, you can point to the defense losing the game, but I think they played about as well as anyone could have hoped against that opponent with the amount of guys that they were missing on defense. I mean, they're starting AJ Klein at, at, at middle linebacker and he's already not a guy known for his, uh, his range and pass coverage. And he's two weeks off the couch, um, you know, uh, on top of a slew of other injuries at, at cornerback and all over the place. Um, and I, 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 it's hard. It's hard to fathom that the Bills didn't want to go into that game and put the put the ball in in the Josh Allen's hands and have the offense win them the game. Um, I, I, I think there's there's a lot of hubris involved thinking they they were gonna they were gonna stop they were gonna uh, make it another twenty to seventeen game. I mean. The odds of holding Patrick Mahomes under twenty points again at twice in one season for the same opponent is unlikely, even more unlikely with with the defense they rolled out. And I, I I think in the end, not giving themselves more opportunities to score really really hurt them. So, I mean, they had success running the ball early. I mean, when did they? When did the Bills just get too conservative? Were they just conservative straight from the get-go, in your opinion? Or was there was there a point they should have just, uh, I guess, changed? Or how would you explain it, I guess? Well, I think they were conservative right from the jump, but they were at least they were, they were moving the ball in the first half. And in the second half, I think there's a combination of a couple things. I think, you know, they were, they were rolling David Edwards in, as a sixth offensive lineman, like they do all year. Um, it worked in the first half of the second half. I mean, when you bring him in, they know what's coming, right? I mean, I mean, more often they throw the ball a little bit. I think they, they came in throwing the ball, uh, you know, 22, 23 times with him in the game over the course of the season since week three. Um, but they've also run the ball 80 something times. So more often than not, they know what's coming. And I mean, he hasn't even gone out for a pass this year. So they know he's not going, that's, that's not a threat. So they, you know, they, they brought an extra safety into the box often. And, um, you know, the result is you go from running the ball for 124 yards in the first half to 58 in the second half. And to be honest with you, that, that package hasn't really, I mean, they, they, picked up a lot of yards uh, against the Steelers, but for the most part, I think that they were averaging less than three and a half yards a carry with David Edwards in the game over the course of the season. And not because he's not any good, just you bring in the six offensive linemen, people know what's coming. Interesting. That's, that's, that's a good point. Um, so, you, you know, you, you mentioned the injuries and I mean, I mean the Bills. So what? What was the final? What, what was the number of starters missing yesterday? Was it four or five? Uh, they were missing Terrell Bernard and Christian Benford off the defense. Uh, Taylor Rapp didn't play again. 
Um, they use him frequently in the dime package. Um, but I mean, if you're looking at it from the start of the season, I mean, it's yeah, they were they were gone. They were lost. Bernard. They had lost Benford. They lost Matt Milano. They lost Tredavious White. Um, if you want to throw rap in there, still, I mean, he was out. So, you know, five guys. Jordan Phillips wasn't wasn't playing. If you want to throw him into the mix, uh, I mean, it's it's a lot of guys. I mean, if they had a, a semi-normal lineup, if they had Matt Milano or e- even just Benford from last week, uh, or or just another guy or two in there, I mean, could we? Do we think that it's maybe a little bit different that they can get one more stop, that type of thing? Well, uh, sure. I mean, if they got one more, I mean, they only fourth one punt, um, and then the other the other stop they got was a was a fumble at the one yard line that, you know, they got a lucky bounce that went out of the end zone. Um, yeah. If you get one more stop, sure. You win the game or, you, you know, you get, maybe you score on one more drive. Um, I mean, I, I think if they have their full complement of players that they had at the beginning of the season, um, you know, we might be talking about the bills as, you know, the number one seat in the playoffs right now. Um, also, you know, we wouldn't have, you know, be talking about Rasul Douglas being a Bills player either, because I don't think he he you know, obviously they wouldn't have tried to deal for him in the at the trade deadline if Tre'Davious White hadn't gotten hurt. But, um, you know, the, the, that's uh, that's I guess that that's kind of how it goes. Um, you know, Douglas was dinged up yesterday as well. He didn't look a hundred percent. Um. And that's just kind of the way it, way it kind of shook out for the second year in a row. So Steph, Stefan Diggs, he did not have a, in my opinion, a very strong close, close, a, you know, end of the year. And you know, in a, in a playoff game with the season on the line, I, I mean, I, I mean, wasn't a very good performance from him. No, uh, twenty-one yards on three catches for. I mean. Thirty million dollar man. That's that's not great. And I, I'm sure he, uh, I'm sure he took the heat after the game, right? <laughs> yeah, that's his way, right? To he he usually gets up in front of the cameras and talks like he has. No, he hasn't talked. He hasn't. He hasn't spoken to the media after any game this year. That, that's incredible to me. But I mean, he. I mean, he. I don't know if you if it's classified as a drop or what, but the ball went through his hands and that the one we, play. Like, what's that? 70 yards in the air. We, if he caught that, we're talking about an all time great throw. That's right. I mean, it was, I mean, was that really overthrown? I, I think they showed Diggs making one. No, it went right through his hand. It went right through. I was going to say, it was, so it, I mean, we saw it. It went through. I mean, it looked like he just missed it. And then he, he, he made some sort of gesture that, like, oh, it was just off or something. I mean, that, that's, if you're a, a, <laughs> a big time player like he, he holds himself to be. I mean, you make that play, my my goodness. Right, and and the other one, I think Trent Sherfield was kind of getting some heat for dropping another deep ball, but I mean that was a diving catch. That would have been an incredible catch if he made it. But I mean, you pay a guy thirty million dollars, you better catch the ball that was thrown to Diggs. So uh, I mean, and we don't know what he thinks about it, right? So no, no. Um, and Josh wasn't going to throw him under the bus either. So of course not. Um, but we, you know. 11 straight games without 100 yards. Um, his snap counts have, have kind of been going down here and there. You know, some of it that some, you know, the, the, the excuse that we get a lot from the bills is that he's double covered or that teams are playing a too high shell. But when you look at it, um, the good teams figure out how to get their best guys open. I mean, even the bad teams figured that out. Like, I don't think there's Justin Jefferson isn't going to get, you know, double covered for the Vikings. Jamar Chase isn't getting it for the Bengals. You know, pick your pick your your A plus receiver. They're going to get double teamed and they figure out how to get them the ball. Like, you know, I think everybody in the building knew yesterday that that Mahomes wanted to go to Travis Kelsey. He still found his way open a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of that is scheme. 
um, that the Bills need to do. And then we've been talking about that since Ken Dorsey was the coordinator is that too much of their offense is reliant on, hey, go go run a great route and win this one-on-one battle or find the hole in the zone. That's a hard way. That's a hard way to win. Um, you know, the, 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 the not creating some easy throws for Allen. It's, it's not creating some easy catches for guys like Diggs. So some of it's there, but you have to wonder, is he more, is Diggs more banged up than he used to be or than he was before? You know, what, what's really going on? I guess, I guess who knows when or if we'll find out. I mean, do you, do you expect another wide receiver to be a top priority for them this offseason? Well, I think it should, right? I mean, I don't think they're going to have the money to pay Gabe Davis. And I don't know how much he's made himself this year. I mean, he went, I think he had, well, without a catch five times in the last 10 games. Um, and then obviously got hurt for the playoffs. That's not his control. But, you know, and again, some of that is also, you know, maybe maybe Gabe Davis is more limited than we all thought after he had, you know, some epic playoff performances. Um, but he's also still a good receiver. So, I mean, some of that I too too is, you know, telling him go go win a route and get get open and and that's how you're going to get the ball. That's a tough way to live. So, they're going to need a receiver. I think they need to invest in Josh Allen. I think that that much is clear. You know, you pay him $250 million, give him some weapons. You look at it and you know, what, what have they gotten him recently? Um, the lone weapon that they've brought in since since they got Diggs and, and Davis uh, in the draft in the same year is Dalton Kincaid in the first round last year. Um, you know, they were, they were, they tried to, you know, they let Emmanuel Sanders go. Um, they let go of Beasley. I think both of them had passed their primes and, they thought maybe Isaiah McKenzie was the answer in the slot. He was not. They thought Gabe Davis would step into that number two, and it just hasn't worked out the same way. But they haven't had the depth. And then this year, they bring in Deontay Hardy, um, sign him to a three-year deal, and by the end of the season, he can't get on the field. Um, and when he was on the field early in the year, um, he he uh, he was pretty much a, gim- a gimmick guy. He was getting the ball around the line of scrimmage. I mean, you think about it, he went he went like eight games with one target. I mean, that's that crazy. Right? Jeez. Uh you pay a guy you you're giving a guy a 3-year deal for that. I think and then the other guy they brought in was Trent Shearfield, who had a good year for Miami last year, but he's been a career special teams guy. Um and the two of them they're, they're two free agent acquisitions combined for 26 catches. Like that's not helping him very much. And then on top of it, you bring in Kincaid and, you know, Brandon Bean was very adamant during the draft that uh, they're going to play him like Travis Kelsey. Uh, how many times did you see Travis Kelsey line up in a three-point stance on Sunday? Not not very many. Um, but Kincaid has been lined up as a regular tight end often. Um, not as much towards the end of the year, but often. And then you have Dawson Knox, who you paid, you know, four years, fifty million to extend, and um, you're, you're taking both of those guys, Kincaid and Knox, out of the game and putting a sixth offensive lineman in for twenty snaps, which they did. They gave David Edwards twenty plus snaps as a as a, you know, tackle eligible, essentially a tight end over the last two games each. Um, I mean, yesterday Knox played thirty one snaps, Edwards played twenty one, like. Not only are you not, you know, putting the weapons that you invested heavily in on the field, but you're taking a weapon away from Josh when you bring in a six offensive lineman that you're not going to throw the ball to. Um, I I think that's where they need to go. Like you, you, when you look at it, they constructed this roster to beat Patrick Mahomes. Um, after that that 2020 year where the the Chiefs kind of gave it to him twice. The Bills decided that they were going to invest in that defense, specifically the pass rush, to beat Patrick Mahomes. And over the last four years, in their playoff losses, they have 
three sacks, three sacks. Hmm. And when zero you look yesterday, at right? Zero yesterday. They, I think they touched him three times and he spun away twice. And the other one was he got tackled on a scramble. Uh, a, a team that was, I think, what fourth in the NFL in sacks this year with fifty-six zero sacks. Um, you look at some of the high the the, the prices they paid. They paid hundred. $120 million for Von Miller. I mean, he's not going to end up getting that much money when it's all said and done, but a six-year deal, $120 million. They're, they're paying money for him now. Um, First-round pick in Ed Oliver and then $68 million extension in 2019, which is before Mahomes, but still. Um, AJ Epinesa, second-round pick. Boogie Basham, second-round pick, who's been traded for a seventh-round pick. Uh, Greg Rousseau, first-round pick who I think is very good, but, and, you know, Epinesa had a nice year as well, but, you know, Daquan Jones, they were paying $8 million for as a defensive tackle this year. Um, they invested heavily, and it's not to say that those players haven't been good, but they haven't produced the results that they were looking for against the Chiefs. And, in fact, you know, you know, holding the ball didn't really do any good because, in their in their four playoff losses over the last four years, the Chiefs averaged more yards than any of those losses. They averaged seven point seven yards per play yesterday. It's more than any more than that twenty twenty game where they gave, where they scored thirty eight points on the Bills. More than the Bengals last year when they ran rough shot on the Bills, like more than the thirteen seconds game. Like so clearly it hasn't working it hasn't been working. So maybe it's time to find a different way to play. Maybe it's time to to invest in Josh Allen and try and put as many points on the board as you can because that's what the Chiefs are going to do. There were no restrictions on Patrick Mahomes. I can't imagine Andy Reid going into a game saying, you know, you don't have the weapons that you used to. Um, or even earlier in his career, like you don't we don't have a great defense against this this Bills offense that's really good. We're gonna hold the ball as much as we can. They never said that. They said, go and be Patrick Mahomes and, and let's score as much as we can. Because, you know, that should be your goal on offense, to score as much as you can. Not, let's score as much as we can, but let's chew up a lot of clock to do it. And Mick, Mick, Nick makes some of these points in, a, in your story today that it's time to maybe, re, you know, they did it Sean... Sean McDermott's way, and now maybe it's time to reassess uh, <laughs> that 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 thought. Well, yeah, I mean, they the, the way they played offensively was probably Sean McDermott's dream. I mean, they held the ball for thirty seven minutes. They ran seventy eight plays. Um, they had seven more yards, six more first downs. They ran the ball for one hundred and eighty some yards and lost. I mean. They ran, and it's not the first instance of this happening. I mean, you look at, they ran 91 plays against the Eagles and lost. 91 plays um, and lost. So holding the ball doesn't work. And I think that was proven, you know, during their stretch there where they, they weren't very good. But a lot of that, they were trying to take the air out of the ball so much because they were banged up on defense instead of trying to outscore teams. And it just didn't work. And it didn't work against the Chiefs. So what, I mean, you know, we've been talking a little bit about where the Bills go from here. But, I mean, for, uh, I mean, this team is going to look pretty different last, excuse me, this year. Uh, or I can't even talk. This team is going to look pretty different uh, next season. Uh, just, I mean, you, you laid out some of the things in a story today. Just, I mean, they have a, a ton of free agents i mean a lot of the returning roster is pretty old i mean can you can you just get into that and the kind of off season they're facing now well the the roster they have coming back is relatively young like 32 of the 37 guys are going to be 30 or younger coming in going into uh next season but you know i think a lot of those guys maybe or some of those guys maybe won't be coming back we're going to well, I had the numbers reversed. Excuse me. Go ahead. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. The bills are going to have to. The bills are going to have to. You know, there are going to be some cap casualties. Um, but you know, from here they're they're going to have to 
they've got ten they should have ten picks in the draft. Um they're gonna have to hit on those picks. And then Brandon Bean's you know, either gonna have to restructure some contracts, he's gonna have to get rid of some guys, um, uh, he's gonna have to find some more guys that are gonna come back on one year deals, guys like Taylor Rapp, um, who they got a nice bargain for on a two year deal or on a one year deal. Um they're going to have to find those guys again um, until they can get their cap situation uh, under control. Um, and I think they, they they can unload some of those hefty contracts next year, um, but they have to get through this year first. Uh, and I, I know that the Bills want to stay competitive, and that's all, you know, Brandon Bean talked about that last year, that, you know, he never wanted to, I think his words were he didn't want it to suck bad enough to get a guy like Jamar Chase. Huh. Uh, um well, this is kind of going to be his his biggest test. How is he how is he going to restock this roster with limited funds? Um but I think you know, when you have Josh Allen, if you can put a pretty good offense out there, you're going to have a chance to win every day in in the in this era of the NFL. Um so uh the Bills are going to look drastically different next year. I mean, you, Micah Hyde is contemplating retirement. He talked about that today. Um, his contract is up anyways. I think if the Bills could get him back and he wants to play another year, I think they could they could get him back at a pretty decent price. But um, he's going to have to make a decision. Um, you look at uh, Mitch Morse. Um, I think they'd love to have Mitch Morse back, and he wants to be back. He has another year on his deal. Um, but it's an eleven point seven million dollar cap hit. Um, mm. Probably going to have to restructure that a little bit or um, move on. Um, you know, there's you're going to have to look at Tre'Davious White coming off of two two injuries, two major injuries in three seasons. He's got a sixteen million dollar cap hit. They can cut him and save. They have to eat ten, but they'd save six. Um, and and now you have Roswell Douglas coming back. He's he's gonna make nine million next year. Um there, there's there's a bunch of decisions to be made. Um and it will be very interesting to see um what they do. So Joe Joe Brady uh has had the interim tag since he took over. I mean really one of the I mean the shift in the season was when he took over uh whenever that uh in no, November, right? So has he done enough to have the interim tag removed to become the the regular the, the permanent offensive coordinator? In your opinion, um, I think he probably will be. Uh, I think the players like him. I mean, he's relatively young. I think he's thirty three, thirty four. I think if they're going to keep him, he probably needs to to run his own offense, right? I mean, why hire an offensive coordinator to to keep running somebody else's offense? Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, there are some things that have to change. Like, they need to retool their passing game. Like, to me, all season where they say, well, they're playing a too high shell, just taking what the defense gives them. Well, it's, people play that against Mahomes. People play that against Burrow, and they figure out how to get stuff downfield. Like, averaging 4.8 yards per attempt in a playoff game isn't going to cut it. I mean, Allen threw the ball 39 times and had less than 200 yards. That's not good enough. They got to mm-hmm. figure out. They have to retool this passing game quite a bit, um, and I think the the next step too is let's let's nix this six offensive linemen business as much as they do. Like that should be a gimmick. It shouldn't be a regular part of your offense, and that's what it's been recently. Um, if you have to if you have to bring in six offensive linemen to run the ball, you have more problems than than, you know, not being able to block. Uh, and that's been a frequent criticism of the Bills is they don't have a an identity of, you know, running the ball. That They'll run zone stuff, they'll run man stuff, and, you know, there's no, there's no nothing to say that this is the team we want to be, this is what we want to run. And that's what good running teams have. Um, so that has to be fixed as well. Uh, but he's it's hard to ignore the results that they've had while he's been offensive coordinator. So I think it makes sense to bring him back as well. 
All right, Nick. Well, Bill, there's no I, pick to be made this week. I know, I know. I couldn't. Uh, so whatever but the Bills. I, I robbed you of picking the Bills to beat the Chiefs uh, last week when I got when I got ill and we weren't able to we weren't able to record. That's right. I would have picked the Bills. I mean, I I don't know what I I don't know what the score would have been. Probably about twenty seven twenty four on the Bills end. But, I think you um, would have picked them fifty seven to three. Maybe that's the way you've but, been trending recently. Well, one last thought on uh. Uh, just Tyler Bass. I mean, he had been slumping toward the end of the season. Uh, he didn't look like himself. And I mean, honestly, like you could feel that miss coming. What well, I mean, do you think he's still their guy? I mean, it's hard to ignore that he's had a terrific career here. I mean, and and you don't want to boil it down to just a game or two. But where the, what do they do with the kicking game? Well, I think he's I think he's their kicker next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they bring in some competition during training camp. Um, but I, it, like you said, it's hard to ignore the results from his career. Um, but it's a funny position. I mean, you look at Mike Vanderjack, he went from being statistically one of the most accurate kickers in NFL history to being out of the league in a pretty short period of time. Yeah, he was like all of a sudden he was like on the Cowboys and yeah, out of back kicking in the CFL or something. I mean, it just is. I mean, it, 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 even Bass's predecessor Stephen Hauschka, you know, he got he got that cheap shot against the Jets and then was never really the same after that. And the same with uh, Dan Carpenter before him was a big time money kicker and then got got hit against the Seahawks and was never the same. Um, but he had also flamed out in Miami before that after being successful so these guys uh it's a really it's a really thing they can be really good and then um hit a skid and get cut and go somewhere else and end up being good again um so i mean how many teams has nick folk played for Mm -hmm. um so i mean it's it's a it's a weird it's a weird deal um but I, i i would i would assume that he is their guy next year you should add that uh, Tyler Bass did take questions yesterday at his locker, right? He did, indeed, as did Reed Ferguson, the and, he took, and Sam Martin, the punter and holder. Took responsibility for not his greatest game, not his greatest stretch. That is correct. So good on him. I mean, maybe maybe they could bring in the, the garbage pick and field goal kicking Philadelphia phenom, but... Uh, Tony Danza? Yeah, but he might be. I don't know how strong his leg is anymore. Some uh, garbage picking, field goal kicking trivia, Nicholas. Where was that movie filmed? Oh, geez. It wasn't in Buffalo. No. I believe it was filmed in Ham- nearby Hamilton, Ontario. Mm. Football capital of the world. Mm hmm. So next time you're watching uh, the garbage picking, field goal kicking uh, film, uh, Look for, uh, I don't know if it's Ivor Wynn Stadium or, or where, but uh, yes, I believe it was filmed in Hamilton, Ontario. No one has more more important trivia lodged in their brain than you, Bill. I know. <laughs> there you go. And I well, should add, I've never seen the movie. What? Well, you do hate fun. That's right. Speaking of hating fun, the Sabres clearly hate to have fun. Uh we talked about their big their big six game home stand and they went uh as expected three and three they were although they didn't have the win one lose one the whole time that's essentially what it what it turned out to be um where how serious of a blow is this to the remainder of their season bill it's a huge blow because i mean they had they had two weeks at home to get something going and start to make their run and they 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 didn't i mean they need as we talked about uh, they needed to go five and one four and two or get a couple loser points in there and, and basically end up with at least 10 points and they wound up with uh, or at least eight points and they wound up with with six and it just it's not gonna cut it and it was it was a pretty underwhelming homestand just from the the standpoint of they don't play a great game against uh 
Seattle. I mean, they play a pretty good game against Ottawa, but I mean, Ottawa's not very good, and they lose. They play okay against Vancouver, um, and they uh they lose one nothing. I mean, a very good team. Uh, you can live with that. I mean, and they beat the Sharks and Blackhawks three nothing. But I mean, honestly, you expect to beat the Sharks and Blackhawks three nothing. I mean, they they may be the league's two worst teams. So you like those wins, but they come back and uh, against the Lightning on on Saturday afternoon, and they played all right. But I mean, they they lose three to one. I mean, they just they can't put the puck in the net. They they're just I mean, it just wasn't really a, a very good game when 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 you examine it and. They finish it three on three and they don't make any progress. So that was their big chance. And here we are. It's, you know, heading toward the last week of January. And they're, as I sit here, they're, they're nine points out of the wild card. I mean, and not only nine points, but, you know, they have to climb whatever, uh, five, five, six teams. So, I mean, realistically, I mean, the playoffs for them at this point, <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. I, again, I mean, if they get on a run here, I mean, they're starting a three-game Western trip. Uh, they play Anaheim. They play Los Angeles. They play San Jose. I mean, they should at least win two out of those three. Um, if they can get some sort of run going, as I say literally every week, um, if they can win, you know, three straight here going to the all-star break uh if if they can do something and just get on a run and at least make it interesting you know eat up some points and jump over a couple of teams but so far they haven't shown that they're they're capable of doing that i mean i i think probably preface i think if the sabers lost one nothing to vancouver last year when they were scoring a bunch of goals you could live with it this year because it, stuff like this just happens so frequently it's Hard to swallow. And then oh, turning, around, turning around with one goal against Tampa as well. And it's the same deal as last year. They lose three to one. You shrug it off and say, okay. But again, I mean, one goal or less, two out of four games, that's not cutting it. No, it's not. And it's, it's interesting. If you look at the numbers, they, they were scoring at basically the same rate, five on five, as. A year ago, it's just that the power play has been just hasn't been good. And the it's uh, when you really examine it, it's the power play that's been costing them games. It just it hasn't been. I mean, even average, it would be a huge, huge different maker, but it's not even average. And it, it's it's I don't it's, it's hard to explain what's happened to it because it's most of the same personnel, if not all the same personnel. But. It's regressed a whole lot, and uh, it's it's costing them games because um, the first thought when you see how much how much they're struggling to score is that it's kind of a, a full effort. They're not the same team five on five, and they're not the same team in the, you know whatever power play. But it's it's been most of it, it's been the power play, and um, here we are. I mean, it's late January, and Jeff Skinner just. He he's missed five games. My thought is he'll return against the Ducks, and he's he he just missed five games, and he's still their leading scorer with seventeen goals. So they don't. I mean, and this is this is from a roster that we thought you know can this guy hit forty? Can this guy hit fifty? Will this guy have a hundred points? And you know, and it's almost February, and no one has twenty goals. So, uh, and a lot of that is the power play and. Uh, They've tried a lot of different things. Um, they, I, I think, uh, at times we've seen it operate the way you would think. Uh, just, I just, that's uh, quick, I guess, more direct. Um, just even something. I mean, setting up is so important. I think people lose sight of that. Just, just gaining, gaining the line and the zone entries and setting up. But I mean, even that they've hit, I mean, that, that's been a huge, huge problem. And I don't remember it being the problem that problem like that last year when the power play was pretty good. So, I mean, it's been a lot of different areas and in recent games, I mean, we've seen a little bit better work from the power play, but I mean, again, nowhere near where it should be. It didn't help uh, against the Lightning that they lost a power play 
uh, when Zach Pen- Zach Benson was called for the worst penalty in the history of hockey. Yeah, and that was uh, Nick's referring to a, a quote unquote slashing call where he poked for the puck and I guess it was Jonas Johansson's pad or he'd frozen the puck. And I mean, this is something to me that I mean, I don't know how many times that happens in a game. I mean, more or less, there there are eight year olds doing it in the in games as we speak. Yeah, I mean, it, but I it, I mean, it just I mean, does it happen ten times like that in a game or five or twelve, whatever it is? I mean, it's that's something that's not called, and it was just a bizarre bizarre penalty just a bad call and when he's throwing the juncture and the score i mean that late in the third period of a one goal game it was just it was a killer for them and don granado doesn't really talk about the officiating but i mean he basically acknowledged that he he hasn't seen or he said he hasn't seen that call all year and you could tell he was perplexed that that was called because i mean i mean you you watch the replay and and in no way, shape, or form is that slashing or any sort of uh, I don't know, aggressive, you know, move to pry the puck. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how that's slashing. That that's it's a bad, bad call. But I mean, the, I mean the Sabers. I mean they don't they don't really get calls like that. Good teams like the Lightning get calls like that. And Zach Benson's a rookie, eighteen uh, year old rookie who's played whatever, not even forty NHL games or about forty NHL games. And I mean, so calls like that are going to go against him. So that's just that's just the way it is. It's not the way it should be, but unfortunately, that's the way it is when you're you know, a bad team. So what what's the bigger what's the bigger gas? Terry Pagula. Ignoring the advice of his football people and hiring Rex Ryan, who switched uh, Jim Schwartz's dominant uh, 4-3 pass rush team to a 3-4, or the Sabres tinkering with their offense this year? I'm not sure that they've really... I don't think it's tinkering in the form of a system change. I think it's No, just, they're just... They're not as aggressive. I... Th- I I think it's it's change it's changing focus and evolving and understanding they have to be sturdier in certain areas and evolve and and so forth. So I don't think they haven't um, evolved enough then. Right. Well, yeah, they, I think guys have obviously had trouble grasping uh you know how they're supposed to maybe play a tad bit differently and and, and so forth. So they're on um, the human evolution scale. <laughs> So I don't think um, I would say Rex. I mean, I, I don't consider what the Sabers have done a, a blunder in any way. So I'm going to go to uh, Rex Ryan. Oh, I think it's a blunder. No, I just I just think it's an it's a natural part of their maturation, and I think at times recently they've, they've tried to go back to just what made them good. Well, yes, just, they've they've matured into an 80 year old offense here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They. And, I mean, but I mean, part of it too is the personnel, like. I, we, we, I think we talked about it the last time as well, but you, against Vancouver and Tampa, you've got Jordan Greenway and Kyle Ocposo on the ice during crunch time. Like, And I don't mean like the last four minutes. I mean like the last two minutes, the last minute. Like, If that's who, if that's who you're putting out there to score goals, like, you need some more firepower. Well, I, th- I think the thinking like that, if those guys... If those guys are utilized in situations late in a one goal game. I think I think it's just they're they're good down low. They're they're good in the corners. I mean they're just. I mean it's maybe at that point it's six on five. So you just you just want to have a a big body like Greenway or a, a guy that can operate down low like Oposo like like Kyle Oposo can. So then I you need more firepower. Well, <laughs> because they're they're just. I mean, not to say that I think anybody would like to have Jordan Greenway on their roster, right? Um, but he's just not that guy that get me a goal guy at this point. I mean, he's a he's plays a specific role, as does Kyle Ocposo at this juncture of his career. I mean, certainly at one time, Kyle Ocposo was that guy that you want on the ice at that time. I don't think he is anymore. Um so I, I think that's part of it too. Maybe we overestimated their their offensive abilities. Um, 
or their offensive depth, let's say. Uh, and obviously, the other part is uh, they need to stay healthy. Well, the the injuries have hurt. I mean, it, it's just it's been all season. I mean, as we've talked about, I mean, look at the entire first line. Jeff Skinner, who's been very, very durable throughout his career. I mean, he's missed five games and he missed whatever three, I guess, in December. So, I mean, that might be more than more games he's missed to injury than his entire Sabres career. If I, if I go back and look, um, Alex Tuck has battled stuff all year, playing through stuff. Tage Thompson ditto uh, broke his hand and came back when obviously wasn't as effective and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, and I, I'm probably leaving people out. Dylan Cousins has battled stuff. I mean, he just missed a game last week. Um, so it goes on and on, but like that, I mean, that, has a huge factor, but I think uh, the odd thing to me is that these guys, they had career seasons, and even if even if you don't uh, quite reach those numbers or surpass them, it, to me, the, you think those guys have set a certain standard and they're going to be in the ballpark of them. And right now, most of those guys aren't in the ballpark of – what they were able to do last year. They just haven't found that rhythm. Uh, you know, Tage Thompson, as we've talked about, establishes himself as a 40-goal guy, 90, you know, whatever, 47 goals, 94 points, and you're thinking, can he push 50 and hit 100 points? And, I mean, he's not going to do that this year, but, I mean, you think maybe he'd still be on on pace for, you know, 38 goals and 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 at least, you know, point a game and he's not i mean alex tuck same sort of thing um i mean they've both certainly been good at certain times and you've seen flashes of it but it just it hasn't come together and at this point um if it does come together it's probably going to be too late yeah and the other, the other part that hurts is i just think the timing of the injuries like they'll get a guy back and then right away another guy goes out oh yeah yeah, I mean it's been like in the same game. Like it's it's wild. Yeah, I mean it's been um it's been one after the other literally. So um I don't have the numbers in front of you. I I'd love to see just how many games they've had the lineup that they projected. And if you count Jack Quinn with the lineup they projected, um I mean he obviously missed the first whatever 30 some games. Um they've barely had it this year, so it's 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 been difficult for them to overcome, and you know we we've talked about their depth, how they've improved their depth a lot up front, and they have options, and and you know you wonder, wow, this guy's a third liner, but he can play on the first line and do well, and this and that, but yeah, they they still need they still need help in that department. I think some of their guys in Rochester might be good NHL players like Gary Kulich and Isaac Roseanne and so forth, but uh, they're not they're not quite ready yet, you know, to be called up and have that pressure on them and, you know, be expected to fill a scoring role. So um, there aren't really a lot of options right now. Well, you better, you better have your head on the swivel at the rink, Bill. You might be next. No, sure. I have my, my like hockey stick all ready to go. Hey, if it happens, it can happen to them. It can happen to you. It's going around. <laughs> it's a bug. Um, What's not more? Oh, oh, you meant I thought they were going to ask me to play. I thought you were making a joke about me asking to play. Okay. Oh no, no, we're past that, Bill. Okay. I think you've passed your prime. Your, your well physical past prime. It. I would probably be the league's oldest player, as yes. far as I know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they let you play without a helmet. Craig, I don't know. I would like Craig McTavish. No, I would. If there was one guy who just wore like all this equipment, like you're like, who is that guy? He wore like a. He just wore a full shield for fun and all that stuff, and that would be me. Like uh, the kid from Little Giants? I've never seen Little Giants. Oh, my God. Bill, I don't know what you do with your life. Here, here's the, So, okay, Little Giants, I believe it came out in 1994. Does yeah. that sound right? Yeah. In 1994, I wasn't watching movies like Little Giants. I mean, I just, uh, that wasn't my thing, man. And I know it had Bruce Smith in it, but still. What were you watching, Last of the Mohicans? Uh, no, but I was not watching Little Giants. <laughs> you just hate fun. I yeah, think 
I think you came out uh, came out of the womb shaking your fist at the sky. May I maybe. <laughs> well, uh before we wrap up here, uh UPL has has appeared to lock to appear appeared to have locked up the number one goalie job here. Devin Levi had a brief stint in Rochester to get a game in. Uh, they recalled uh, um, Eric Comrie. Obviously, he went back down the next day. Um, but uh, it seems like it's UPL's job now, and uh, he's going to get the lion's share of the of the starts. Yeah, and they're at the, they're at the point here. They have to ride the hot hand. Uh... They really can't alternate anymore. I mean, at least, you know, <laughs> when Luka Pekalubinen's playing as well as he has over the past few weeks. And uh, good for him. A lot of people wrote him off. Um, I don't know why, but I think a lot of it had to do with just with Devin Levi's presence, that he, Devin Levi was better late last season, and he was kind of like the shiny new thing, and there were all these, uh, there was a lot of hype for him. But, I mean, Luka Pekalubinen, Again, I'll say it, it wasn't that long ago he was maybe the best goalie prospect in the world. And over the years, it's taken him some time as it takes time with goalies. But, I mean, there's nothing I've seen over the years that would make me think that all of a sudden he wasn't going to be that guy. I mean, there were some hiccups and so forth. But, I mean, he he kept progressing, and here he is now. And, um, he, you know, Again, small sample size, but he's he's looking like everything they projected. I mean, he, I don't know, his outing against the Lightning probably wasn't the best. I mean, not a couple of shots he really wasn't going to stop. But if you look back to the, uh, um, you know, the Blackhawks and the the Sharks, I mean, he, he looked in total control. Like nothing was going to beat him, and it didn't. Just if he saw the puck, he was going to be stopped. I mean, just... Limited movement, reading plays, making difficult saves look easy, just a difference maker. And uh, right now, I mean, he he's he's the guy to ride. I mean, maybe that changes in a few weeks, but I think in, until Devin Levi steals it away, I mean, the job's his. Well, all right, Bill. What do you uh, what do you have plans for this week? I know uh, you bypassed. Uh... The road trip to California. Uh, <laughs> they asked you not to come because the last time you went to California, you caused a riot on the beach. Too many of the ladies were were flocking over to you. Um, and it was it just got out of hand. So what are you going to do this week? <laughs> well, my, there might be a trip to Rochester in the works. Uh, the Amherst have been playing well. Um, some interesting prospects down there. A couple of things I'm working on. That you'll just have to read at, um, at the buffalo hockey beat.com. That's right. Um, but yes, Rochester has been playing well, and I, I plan to go there and check some things out. Uh, have some stories that I'm excited to do. Um, I won't share them at this exact moment, but uh, I, I'm just I'm interested to see with Rochester as long as we're talking about them how this whole dynamic with them plays out because when Kevin Adams came aboard they wanted to do things differently in Rochester than uh, Jason Bottrell had done they wanted to I mean they wanted to spend less money and um, I mean they had a lot of success with Jason Bottrell and, and Chris Taylor in Rochester for a few years there but they wanted to do things differently. And um, it's worked, but now they've reached a point where uh, they're spending a lot of money on guys like Jeremy Davies and Cal Clegg and, and Dustin Tokarski and, and Devin Cooley, their goalies, and and some other veterans. And now they have, even with Jacob Bryson up, they have Eric Comrie, they have um, uh, Tyson Jost, and they have, um, who am I missing here? Um, Riley, excuse me, Riley Stillman's been down there the whole year. So, I mean, they have, they're spending a ton of money in Rochester right now. And I mean, on one hand, if those guys can embrace it and they're good so, citizens, uh, I mean, something like that can work, but it's just, it's just, and so far they've shown that it had, it, it can, but I mean, it's just an odd dynamic down there with, with, uh, 
just the established NHL talent and the money they're spending. So I'm interested to see how that all plays out. Sacconi is is uh, eating up some money as well. He does. He he may. I mean, they're spending pretty penny on those guys down there. I mean, if you if you're if you're a pretty established player and I mean, in your twenties and maybe you've had some a taste of the NHL and and you've proven to be a, a sturdy or a top tier AHL player. I mean, you can make some pretty good money. I mean, at least a few hundred thousand dollars. It's it's a good living. What's your what's your favorite haunt to to visit in Rochester? Um, dinosaur barbecue, sticky lips, um, Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Two of the three are very good. Last time I was in Rochester, I noticed a new Taco Bell had opened. And I was like, I'm gonna have to check that one out. Do you think it'll do you think it'll taste different? No, but. Uh, as a purveyor of Taco Bells, you wanna you wanna experience them all. You you're know what co- I mean? You're a company man, Bill. Mm-hmm. Anyway, on that note, thank you for joining us. The Bill season's over, but we're gonna keep analyzing uh the Bills every step of the way. Um mostly Nick. Uh just how this offseason is going to unfold and, and what lies next, because this will this is going to be a very interesting offseason for the Bills and the Sabres. Um, they're still plowing away. They have the NHL All-Star break. They're buying the NHL All-Star break next week. So they will be off, but we'll be here and we'll be analyzing what happens. Nick, it's been fun. I look forward to doing this again next week. I'm going to uh, bring you some uh, updates from the Rochester food scene. Um, if I do check out that Taco Bell, uh, if if I do go to a, a barbecue place, uh, wherever I end up. So thank you for joining us and uh, leave us a review. Tell your friends. Send us an email at buffalopressbox at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.